0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sold for Soup. This is episode eleven Social Butterflies. I'm Rich Whitman, and sitting next to me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Jennifer Whitman. Hello. So, Jen, if you were asked what you needed to survive, what are the most common things that people would say? Some
1: of the stuff we've already talked about, like air, clean water, food, shelter.
0: Yeah, most people think about those things, but something that most people don't think about is social connection. And none of us would be here without social connection.
1: That's very true.
0: Each of us were born immature. We were incapable of taking care of ourselves. We needed another individual, another human to, uh, to show interest in us, Don't to take care of that? us until we were capable of taking care of ourselves. When we were hungry, thirsty, or needed our diapers changed, we cried. We also cried because we were simply separated from our caregiver. So social separation causes pain in infants. But I think we could argue today that it also has profound implications on us as we mature and get older.
1: Yeah, it's been demonstrated that skin-to-skin contact, even in just like the first hour after birth, has been shown to help regulate a newborn's temperature, heart rate, breathing, it decreases crying. There was a study, this reminds me of, by Frederick II of Sicily. He liked to do all kinds of crazy uh, experiments, but one of the ones that he did was he was trying to do an experiment about language development. So he had a group of babies that were being cared for by nurses and the nurses had like strict instructions on how to raise them. They were not allowed to interact with them or touch them or even talk to them at all. They could only touch them for what was strictly necessary. Like they were allowed to be bathed and fed, but that was it. So they weren't spoken to or cooed over none of that for their lives. So sadly, Frederick II never got his answer to his question about language because all of the children died. They were starved basically of any form of affection or warmth and they simply died of lack of love and relationship.
0: Well, that's a really sad story. Dr. Scott Kaiser said humans are hardwired to connect and social connections are an essential part of good health and well-being. We need them to survive and thrive just like we need food, water, and oxygen. God said it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God put man into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. From that rib, he created a woman.
1: Yeah. And just to clarify, we're talking about connection here today and social connection and human connection. Not just a phone call type of connection, in my opinion. Human touch is really important. And the need for human touch is still one of our most basic and primal needs. Even in this age of technology where we can instantly connect with people over Zoom touch deprivation is still correlated with negative health outcomes such as anxiety, depression, and immune system disorders. And this is relevant because especially in this kind of post COVID society, you really have to know someone fairly well in order for there to be touch involved. You know, it's touch has been kind of frowned upon lately.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely a person that is very touchy. It's important to me to have that kind of relationship, even with some of my, you know, my best buddies, big hugs, and and we're not just talking about fist bumps here. So mm-hmm. for me, anyway, personally, is very important. So if you're not in a relationship and you're missing those connections, you're more than likely also missing out on human touch. We believe in a relational God. God's revealed inner working is an interpersonal relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit. And if you wanna read more about that, you can find that information in John chapter 17. But this relational community existed in God at the beginning of all things, and it has its being because God wills to love God's self in Son and Spirit. The eternal relationship between the persons of the Trinity is transcendent, yet God discloses this relational self out of a desire to enter into a relationship with us. The revelation of God as relational is demonstrated in the Christ event, His birth, His sinless life, His death on the cross his resurrection and glorification. The incarnation was an expression of God's love in relationship to the world. You can read about that in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Most of our listeners probably know that verse. As human beings, we dream, learn, grow, and work as a part of society. But the society that we're born into and the societies that we navigate throughout our lives They'll shape us. They'll shape our personalities. They'll shape our identities. Simply put, we need each other in order to survive. But how does social contact affect our health?
1: That is a really important question.
0: Have you ever considered what Jesus' social life looked like? Did Jesus fit into the social world of his time? How did he view the social institutions of his day? How did he respond to social boundaries that existed in his culture?
1: In order to immerse ourselves into these questions, we must first understand exactly what social institutions, quote unquote, or social boundaries are. This simply means the way people organize themselves into groups. So like, for example, who's a family member and who is not, who belongs to this group and who doesn't, who is in, who's out, with whom can we associate with and with whom can we not associate with. These are our social questions. It seems that Jesus continually forced people to think about these sorts of questions by the way he lived and spoke and all that.
0: Yeah, the social life of Jesus did not fit the norm, as most of us know. Consider what it must have looked like for Jesus to lead the kind of life that he did. Very nomadic. Um, Here's a man that did not settle down in a place. He did not hold a job. Instead, he was always on the move, surrounded by nobodies who had also quit their jobs and we're just roaming around. We often fail to understand the social dimension of the message of Jesus about the kingdom of God. It was not simply to restore our broken relationship with God, but more often than not, Jesus' message involved the healing of broken relationships among people who had been separated from each other because of artificial lines of demarcation based on gender, race, religion, and and many other things.
1: It has been found that direct person-to-person contact triggers parts of our nervous system that release a cocktail of neurotransmitters, which is basically like a brain chemical that regulates our response to stress and anxiety. In other words, when we communicate with people face-to-face, it could actually help make us more resilient to stress in the long run. So being social reduces stress and anxiety, and it helps to improve memory and recall. Social contact has been shown to protect the brain from neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Research has uncovered that a large number of poor health outcomes result when we are deprived of touch as well.
0: Lack of social interaction affects not only our mental health. Studies have shown that a low quantity or quality of social ties is linked to many medical conditions, such as cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, cancer, and impaired immune function.
1: Touch calms our nervous system and slows down our heartbeat. Human touch also lowers blood pressure as well as cortisol, which is our stress hormone. It triggers the release of oxytocin, which is a hormone known for promoting emotional bonding to others. Studies using a PET scan found that the brain quiets in response to stress when a person's hand is held. The effect is greatest when the hand being held is that of a loved one, but it still works even if it's just a stranger.
0: You know, it's interesting because during COVID, when people were hospitalized and they were separated from their loved ones, and even some of those people died without their loved ones present, can you imagine the amount of stress that they were feeling that they couldn't even hold the hand of the person that's closest to them? Yeah. That's really sad, actually. According to Dr. Kaiser, social isolation and loneliness have negative health impacts on par with obesity physical inactivity, smoking 15 cigarettes a day, and are associated with about 50% increased risk of dementia. Simply taking a moment to connect with someone, even through a brief phone call, can reduce feelings of loneliness, anxiety, and depression, and deliver brain-protecting benefits.
1: So going back to touch, even the immune system seems to be significantly affected by touch. People who are deprived of human touch are more likely to suffer from immune system diseases, which is ironic and unfortunate that during a pandemic, when our immune systems are being, you know, the most stressed, we're, we were being deprived of human touch, which is vital for immune function.
0: Yeah. And there was only so much we could do through, you know, FaceTime and through. Right.
1: While a phone call is great, human touch, even better.
0: Prof. Matthew Lieberman. the university of california los angeles specializes in the mechanics of what he calls our social brain which is the neural activity related to social interaction and the brain benefits that are afforded by it he has seen for instance that if you learn in order to teach someone else then you learn better than if you learn in order to take a test this goes against the prominent beliefs in modern educational systems in which learning on one's own for the sake of accumulating knowledge and skills, is typically preferred. Instead, however, Prof. Lieberman notes that when you're socially motivated to learn, the social brain can do the learning. It can do better than the analytical network that you typically activate when you try to memorize.
1: So by doing this podcast, we are getting much smarter, right? (laughs) Because we're teaching other people.
0: I certainly hope so. Yeah,
1: in in, um, chiropractic, we call that the social nervous system and... Part of that, too, is kids looking at people's faces and their parents' faces, just as an aside, to see how their pa- parents respond or people that they trust respond to other people. So that's an interesting part of the social nervous system development. Kids were deprived of, too, during a pandemic with mask wearing.
0: So when you're a baby, for instance, everything you see your parents doing, how they interact, what mm-hmm. they do, their facial expressions, all those things are moments of the child being taught.
1: Right, and one of the ways that children learn how to behave is by going places with their parents, like to the store, to a restaurant, which again, wasn't, and, and still isn't happening as often. We were at a restaurant on Friday and there was someone there with a baby. And I was like, I, I don't see babies in restaurants as much, especially nicer restaurants. So I was like excited that someone was there with their baby.
0: I think it's even cooler when someone brings their baby to the bar.
1: Oh, my God. I don't know about that. (laughs) Anyway, researchers at Maastricht University Medical Center in the Netherlands saw that socially active individuals have a decreased risk of type 2 diabetes in contrast with people who did not participate in social activities, such as going out with friends or joining a club. They had a 60% higher risk of developing a condition called pre-diabetes.
0: So basically... Maybe just being around people who encourage us to keep healthy habits or achieve challenging lifestyle goals would help us to remain mindful of our eating, would encourage us to exercise and create other uh, lifestyle-related habits.
1: I, I agree with that, and I think that it goes even deeper than that. and It's just a, a basic need that we have, like water, too. Immediate solution, if you are not in a relationship or, say, you don't have a partner or you don't have children, potentially you live away from family you're working from home and you're just feeling isolated what are some things that people can do to sort of satisfy this human need of, of relationship and well touch? i
0: think one of the things people could do is get a pet i we we got nala our dog remember we got yeah. nala right before COVID, yeah. right during In january the COVID. 2020
1: yeah. so no we right. had got her just before and then yeah pets were all the rage trying people trying to get pets during yeah COVID.
0: and nala is so like she's so independent but she also wants to be with us all the time, yeah, wants to be so around cute. us all the time. But that's probably because we didn't leave the house for the first year yes. of her existence. So we love so. our puppy.
1: What are some other things people can do?
0: I mean, I like to get a massage and that involves human touch.
1: Yes, I, I touch people all day because I give adjustments to people all day. So you could get adjusted. Even if you're a dude, you could get a pedicure, right? Don't be scared.
0: I, I've never, have I ever had a pedicure? I don't know, I don't think but you I have.
1: should. It's one of my favorite things.
0: Another thing you could do is you could volunteer your time. This would be an opportunity to interact with other people. Um, You could join a board. I know that there are (laughs) boards all around that need people involved in supporting the community. Your
1: local municipality or church.
0: So, Jen, what was your favorite thing about this week?
1: This week, my favorite thing was definitely the weather. We're in Michigan, and the weather was so great here in Lansing. We had
0: an entire week of like 80 degrees. We
1: did so much yard work, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, so I I would have to agree with you. I think this might be the first time that we both haven't had something different that was our favorite thing. But without a doubt, my favorite thing about this week was the weather. Yeah, my
1: favorite thing is usually some kind of food, but not this week. (laughs) Okay. We
0: love sunshine, that's what we're saying.
1: Okay, we know what that sound means. It's time to give something away. What are we giving away, Rich?
0: Blue Owl Coffee did a collaboration with Chad Jordan at Cravings Popcorn here in Lansing, Michigan. And uh, for years, Chad has been trying to develop a caramel coffee popcorn and has created a fantastic recipe with Blue Owl Coffee Espresso. And uh, this is an item that we will be selling in our stores uh, before too long. And it will be exclusive to Blue Owl. So that will be the only place that you'll be able to find it. However, we have a bag of it now um, that we want to give away. So let's draw a name.
1: Like before anyone else can get it? Correct. Wow. Very exciting. Okay. I got to draw a name. Here we go. I'm getting my lucky hat. Let's see here. Who do we have? Christina Winter. (laughs) That's my sister. Good job, Christina.
0: All right. So we'll uh, get Get. this in in the mail to you, Christina. Utah. And I'm sure that your husband, Eric, will enjoy also snacking on it with you.
1: Remember, 80-20, everyone. You can snack once in a while.
0: We are uh, excited to have you listening to this podcast. If you haven't done so, make sure you let a friend know about Sold for Soup. You can mm-hmm. follow us on our socials, um, soldforsoup.com. I did want to say that is our website, soldforsoup.com. I did want to say that on our website, there are blogs. And those blogs are, I guess, just re-emphasize some of the things we've talked about. You can read a little bit more about what we've been talking about um, yeah, on so each check of our out podcasts. The blog
1: on the website. Also, what you know about good vibrations, Rich?
0: We're going to talk next week about music. And hopefully, we're going to be able to have a special guest on our podcast and do an Yay. interview with with a, our first guest That's of the podcast. Exciting. But I think music is such an important part of um, our everyday life. For me personally, when I listen to music, depending on my mood, it can, it can encourage me when I'm lifting, you know, I'll listen to rap or I'll listen to more, a little bit more metal type music. And I think that just inspires me to work a little harder. When we're out working in the yard, like we did this week, we listen to a lot of country music. Which, by the way, our youngest son says, I don't know how you guys can listen to this for hours and not kill yourself.
1: <laughs> oh, geez.
0: Yeah. That's I it. love country music. That's what he thinks about country music. <laughs> but yeah, music, I think, is uh, is so important. And I'm sure that most, almost all of our listeners have one particular, if not two or three types of music that they enjoy listening to. So we're going to talk about music next week.
1: Sounds exciting. Okay.
0: I think that's it. Find someone to be in a relationship with. Uh, talk to your friends. Uh, make sure you have some human touch this week. Give someone it's a hug. High five, hug, whatever it might be. And uh, go get healthy.
1: Yeah, peace out. <laughs>